as you see uh, behind me, uh, PowerPoint has came up. Uh, I didn't charge my laptop last night. <laughs> so I got here this morning and it was down. Your battery's running very low. Uh, I was like, uh-oh, I'll never make it through it. So we're going to attempt this for the first time, I guess. Uh, Brandon's going to try to kick that thing when I need it. Uh, so if I'm doing that, I'm not throwing that at you. I'm going click. Uh, but anyway, we're glad you're here. If you're visiting, we encourage you to come back. Be with us any opportunity that you can. We love to see visitors come our way. And we do have visitors today, uh, congregation. So do your job and make them feel welcome. And uh, we're always thankful. And we do have a lot uh, that is traveling, probably close to 30-something people, I guess, um, that are probably, that usually sit in that area right over there. Uh, that's where the big hole is. Uh, so we're spring breaking this week, and uh, we, we, they're probably online. Uh, some of them are watching from wherever their destination is on spring break, and we do wish them well, let them know we do miss them uh, when you're not here, and especially all those kids. We have a lot of kids here, and a lot of those are gone uh, today, but we wish them well and uh, safe travels and relaxation. So I done a little relaxation yesterday myself. Uh, sat on the boat all day long, crappie fishing. Uh, in the middle of the rain, wind, a uh, little bit of everything. Um, but I had a good day uh, fishing and, and caught fish. Uh, so that was, uh, that was a good thing. But anyway, we're glad, uh, again, that you're, you are here. As I promised you, uh, Wednesday night, we are looking today at the topic of perseverance. Why we believe what we believe about perseverance about patience, about endurance. When the going gets tough, the tough get going, is the old adage. Scott Hamilton, a well-renowned ice skater, if you remember, won a gold medal in 1984 for his, I still remember the performance. He come right down the middle of the ice, turned about three flips, head over head, and won the gold medal. He and his wife, Tracy, their parents actually, uh, they're members of the church, Scott Hamilton is, and he now is a commentator uh, for the Olympics. When they come on, he actually commentates the ice skating uh, part of the Olympics, and they are members of the church. Actually, her parents go uh, to a congregation over in West Tennessee. And as I was preparing for this and, and looking at his story, he had many ups and downs through his career. When he became a commentator for 20-some-odd years in the beginning of his career, he was not well-known. He was not the top commentator. He was not the top analyst. And 
kind of being demoted, if you will. And an author from the New York Times decided to write an article concerning Scott Hamilton and thought that as he wrote that and as he talked about his demise or his demotion as far as being the gold medalist and, and uh, not the top analyst and those things, the author thought for sure that Scott would have ill feelings toward her. But actually, Scott just laughed it off. Laughed off her assumptions about him. Because there's a lot of things that you don't know, and I didn't know, really, about Scott Hamilton. For 21 years, Scott Hamilton has faced stage 4 cancer. Followed by three brain tumors. One every six years. And he said that when he was diagnosed with that terrible disease, he said, I was sad about 10 minutes. He said, I calculated, I had sat down and he said, I had calculated how many times I had fell in my skating career. And it added up to 41,600 times that Scott Hamilton had fallen. Did you know what he said? I got back up. I mean, for me, to, to, to think about him sitting down and calculating that many times how he had fallen in his, in his uh, performances and his practices and, and all those things. But he said it was just another time that they had to get back up. Proverbs 21 and verse 16, A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. And the passage that was read this morning in, in Hebrews 10 is, is concerning uh, Christians that are, that are about falling and getting up and they're losing their, their confidence. In verse 35, they're actually possibly throwing away their confidence. But the Hebrew writer writes and says, think about what you're doing in verse 36. You need to have endurance. Keep on keeping on. Stay with it. There is a reward in verse 37 and 38. Jesus is coming. In 39, I, I think you, you're, you're not like, he says, in verse 39, he says, you're not like those who quit. You are though, you are a Christian, and you are like those who keep on keeping on. And then right in behind that, notice what the Hebrew writer gives them in chapter 11. He gives them a whole long list, doesn't he? Of people who were faithful, who didn't give up, who kept on keeping on, kept their confidence, had their boldness, because they knew there was a reward. I would like to offer you this morning about three points. Number one is Jesus never quit. You're good. He had an opportunity to quit. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10, 
in the beginning of our, of our Lord's ministry here upon earth, he had an opportunity in the beginning to quit and to, to just to walk away. And even at the end of his ministry, he had an opportunity to leave. If you remember in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10 in the Judea wilderness there, Satan had taken him to a high mountain and was making him promises and, and things. And, and he knew that Christ had to die for the world and for mankind. And he was saying, you don't have to. He said, I'll just give you, to, I'll give it to you. I'll give them to you. You don't have to die for them. He was basically saying, they don't mean anything to me. You don't have to do that. And our Lord could have quit at that moment when he was tempted. He could have said, I don't want to go through it. I don't want to do it. I want, I want to stay knocked down. Remember, he had fasted. He was weak, uh, most certainly physically. And, and he, I, I just want to quit. I just want to I, I give up. But he didn't, did he? He did not. And you look in the book of Luke, in chapter 22. In verse 42, our Lord had an opportunity again, didn't he? Even when he was in the Mount of Olives toward the end of his ministry, when he was praying, not, not, not my will, Father, but your will, You know, you've got to understand the geographical location of that, the Mount of Olives, or Olivet, that it wasn't too far to the Judean wilderness. And probably in Christ's time, it was only just a few hundred yards. I think present day, it's a good distance now away. But as he was praying, he was right there next to it. He could have, have prayed and just and said, I can't do this and I'm just going to slip into the wilderness and, and never to be found. And even in common day and present day, uh, a lot of in that time over there now, a lot of the criminals will take and escape into the Judean wilderness not to ever be found and to live the rest of their life. Our Lord had that opportunity. But Jesus never quit. Jesus never quit. And we should have that same thought process today. When you look in John uh, chapter 19 in verse 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said it's finished. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. You see, our Lord never quit, even though the Jewish leaders and his disciples had quit on him in various times. And even when we quit on him, he, he never quit on the cross. He never quit until he said that it is finished. Even when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He didn't quit. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3. For consider him, which is Jesus, 
who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Our Lord never quit. He had perseverance. What a great example for us today. Number two, the apostles never quit. You think about the apostle Peter. When he denied the Lord, and he was told that he was going to deny him, and, and how he must felt. But he didn't quit, did he? What about the apostle Paul when he was persecuted and shipwrecked and put into prison and beaten and, and all these terrible things that happened to him? He didn't quit. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 9 and 10 in a great, great words of Paul. He says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called uh, an apostle. I, I, I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I, I persecuted the church of God. He recounts his life. And in verse 10, he said, But by what? The grace of God. I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul writes back in chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians 15 and 16. He says that is why. This is actually a, another version. I, I like how it says it. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying daily, our bodies are dying. Our spirits, but our spirits are being what? Renewed every day. For our present troubles are small, and won't last very long. But notice at the very end of that. Notice at the very end of that. Yet they produce for us what? A glory. That vastly, abundantly, more than we can ever figure out, outweighs them. And that glory will last forever. Paul's writing, don't give up your confidence. Don't give up your, your, your perseverance. Never quit. Give up. Keep on keeping on. And we need to understand this morning, every one of us, when we go through difficulties and hard times, and many of you are going through them right now, and you need to understand this. When you have done the will of God, we need to believe that Jesus is coming back and there's a reward. 
What's going to see you through it? Jesus coming back. That reward of heaven. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 12 and 13, And we labor, working with our hands, being reviled, we bless, we're persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we, we entreat. What an attitude Paul has. You see, we don't need to be like Judas, the son of perdition, and give up. There's one said about Columbus. Christopher Columbus. If he had turned back, no one could have ever blamed him. You remember history class, don't you? All the things, the hardship that he went through and that crew went through on that ship. But if he had turned back, and he probably thought about it many, many times, turned back in that voyage, but no one would have blamed him. But no one would have remembered him. You see, that's key for us. A lot of times in your life and even in my life, people would say, uh, people might say, well, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for being where they are. I don't blame them for feeling the way they feel. I've often told you about my childhood growing up in an alcoholic home and how terrible, terrible it was. And how many times people would say he'll be just like his dad. I had every opportunity in the world to go down that road. And guess what? People never would blame me we have an escaped convict they never would have blamed me but we never give up look what Columbus discovered look what we're going to be a part of if we persevere heaven that soul Saving your soul. Number three. The early church never gave up. I don't know about you, but I'm inspired by the early church. I love the early church. I love reading the book of Acts about the early church and, and all the things that it did and, and how it grew and, and how they were excited about Christianity and, and how things were, were going for them and, and how they began to, to, to grow and, and do good things for the Lord. In the book of Acts... They had healed a lame man. And you know, every good deed, no good deed ever goes unpunished. Acts chapter 3, sermon there preached, the invitations in verse 19 of chapter 3. But they were doing good. The early church. They were inspired. 
In Acts chapter 5, if you will, if you look in, in verse 40 and 42, they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Verse 41, so they departed in the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. 42, and daily in the temple and every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Now, if I've read this correctly, in chapter 4, we see the first of three arrests. In verse 2, the people were greatly disturbed, if you remember. They took them before Caiaphas in verse 6, and in verse 18, they commanded them not to speak. If you go on into chapter 5 and verse 17, it says they rose up with indignation. The leaders there did envy and jealousy. And just shortly there, the very next verse in 19, an angel delivers them. And then they're right back to what? Preaching the word, aren't they? And you go on in to verses 26 and 27 and, and the third time they were arrested. In 40 and 41 and 42, they continued to preach the Word of God. What a great example that is for us. What a great example from the early church and the apostles that, that they gave for us to never give up in the midst of all that they went through. That's a good read in the book of Acts right there about how they were persecuted. And at the end of chapter 5, a man by the name of Gamaliel says to them, in verse 38 of chapter 5, Now I say unto you, refrain from these men. He says, let them alone. Now notice this. For if this counsel... Or this work be of men, it will come to naught. Watch verse 39. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest happily you be found even to fight against God. If it's God's will, you can't overthrow it. If it's of men and of what men are trying to accomplish and want to do, it's not going to succeed, basically. Basically, if God doesn't want it to succeed. But these apostles would not give up. They fought the good fight that we're encouraged to fight even today. Continue to, to preach and continue to live for the Lord. man by the name of Victor Hugo, many of you would know him, he wrote The Hunchback of Notre Dame, once said, Have courage for the great sorrows of life and patience for the small ones. And when you have, labor, when you, when you have laboriously accomplished your daily task, Watch this. Go to sleep. Go to sleep in peace, he said, for God is awake. 
when we face those times in our life that the waters around us are rolling and billowing and the winds are blowing and the thunder and the lightnings, we, if anyone, should be able to go to sleep in peace because God is awake. The early church did not give up. In Luke 21 and verse 19, the words of our Lord, he says, in patience or endurance, possess your soul. Translation of that. Perseverance pays off. Possess your soul of Luke 21, 19. You shall win. Persevere. We're going to win. When we're faithful to the Lord and we do the will of God. And we have become Christians and we've served him faithfully. We've went up the hills and, and we've been at the mountaintops and we've been in the valleys and, and, and we've cried and we've hurt and we've ached and we've been disappointed and men have disappointed us and our families have disappointed us and, and, and are, are all around us it's just it's whatever. He says, you will win. Quitters never win. You've heard that. When we are knocked down, as I heard one man say one time, he says, we take, we get good news and we take a couple steps forward and we, it feels like we get an ax right between the eyes. You get back up. Why? Because we believe in heaven. That's why. That's why you persevere. That's why you live every day like it's your last. That's why that you enjoy every minute and moment with your family. That's why you come to church. That's why you come to Bible study. That's why you'll come back tonight. That's why you'll come back on Wednesday night. Is because we believe in heaven. We get knocked down, but we got to get back up. The last one, slip it there, number four. We must never give up. The great words of Paul as we close. Fight the good fight. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, in 13 and 15, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend it, but one thing I do. He says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal. Paul says, I believe in heaven. I believe in the goal for the prize of the upward, now notice that word, upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 
You see, Paul could have dwelled on his past. But Paul says, I'm living in the present. You see, we need to understand this morning, we serve a God that leads us upward and not downward. That's the God I serve and you serve. And he is leading me, as Paul wrote, upward to heaven. As long as I don't give up. The beautiful words of James in James chapter 1 and verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those what? Who love him. First Corinthians 13, 7 and 8. Look what love does. Love endures all things. Love bears all things. It hopes all things. It believes all things. And love never fails. And we can say this morning that God is love. And he'll never fail you. Even in the darkest moment of your life, God will be there. And we believe that. We dwell in that love and that that perseverance. We, and when we dwell in that and we, we believe in that and when we live for that each day of our life and when we die for that, we have a reward. And that reward is heaven. We want to be like that postage stamp. Just stick in there you reach your destination. Just hang on. There are those of us here this morning who've been knocked down. It's been, it's been hard. This congregation has been knocked down. We, we've lost a lot of our good brothers and sisters. But remember this. Being defeated is only temporary. But giving up is permanent. Scott Hamilton. Flip, go ahead and flip it. Scott Hamilton. Fell 41,000. 600 times. But you know what that means? That he got up 41,600 times. As I've thought about, as I prepared this lesson, how many times that I have sinned in my lifetime. I wished it was only 41,600 times. 
But I had the perseverance to get back up. Had the will of God to keep on. Keeping on because why? I believe in heaven. And I want to go there. And I know what's required of me to go there. And I must meet those requirements. If one's not a Christian this morning, you can become one. You can be baptized for remission of your sins, just like they were in the early church in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. You've heard the word, you believe. Repent of those sins, confess his name, be baptized in the blood of Christ for the remission of your sins. Maybe you've done that, but you've fallen away. You haven't been faithful. You haven't persevered. Maybe you gave up on the church. Maybe you gave up on Christianity. Maybe you gave up on the Bible. But I can tell you this morning, God hasn't given up on you. Because guess what? By his grace and mercy, put your feet on the floor this morning and you made it to this assembly for one reason or another. This morning, whatever your need may be, we encourage you to come. Together we stand and as we sing.